0: Welcome to another message from Bridge Assembly, located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information on Bridge, go to our website at bridgehelena.com. It is our prayer that this message will help you to connect with God, connect with others, and connect others with God. Father God, we are here today to celebrate your son And, and Lord God we know that when the spirit leads us he always leads us in the direction of your son Jesus Christ so we're here to praise Jesus we are here to be spirit led we are here to explore your word we are just here to gather together to edify each other to welcome in those that are apart from you that are hopeless But most of all, we are here to celebrate our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So this morning, Lord God, let us glorify you in not only our words, but also our actions. Jesus, you're our number one. You are our number one. That's what the world doesn't understand, how we we can follow you so fervently. Lord God, they are sitting in darkness and we pray for them. But Lord God, that doesn't affect our walk. The world can never affect our walk. Because Lord, as we follow the Spirit, we know. We know. We are taking them just a little bit closer to you with every step. Lord, we thank you for your truth, your truth in scripture, Lord God. The foundation of our faith is the truth that we find in in your glorious word. And Lord God, as we explore the word today, Lord God, open up our eyes, open up our ears to it, Lord God, but not just today. Lord God, let us be students of the word, students every single day. Lord, let us have a desire and a hunger to be exposed to your word, to learn it, to study it but also to take it in and to apply it into our lives into our everyday situations lord we believe in this church that your word is appropriate for every aspect of our life not just church life but our personal life our our job life our friend life our community life lord god your word is appropriate spirit lead us interpretation and inspiration of your word into each one of our lives. Jesus, once again, we glorify you today. We lift you high. We pray this in your mighty name. And everyone shout it out. Amen. How many of you guys in here today are glad to be in here today? But nowhere else we'd rather be, right? And, and as we were worshiping today, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, my goodness, this is silliness. This is nonsense to the world. They don't understand why we're gathered here today. We're not gathered here today singing songs with our friends, right? We're not gathered here today to be entertained, right? We are gathered here today to glorify our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And yes, that is a mystery, that is a mind-boggling mystery to the world. But boy, we need to be inviting them in so they can experience this together with us. Amen? Amen? All right, kids. I'm going to dismiss you kids today. You guys go down, have fun, learn a lot. Come back. Tell your parents and grandparents what you learned today. Ask them what they learned today in church. Gonna be an awesome thing. It's going to be an awesome day. Oh. Yes, it's going to be super fun today. Awesome. All right, we got a couple quick announcements, really only two we're going to hit today. Um, we have the citywide scavenger, well, it's the downtown-wide scavenger hunt. How many of you guys did the scavenger hunt last? Yes, yes, we, we rocked it last year. It was so much fun last year, a um, little bit rainy to start out with last year, but this is going to be Saturday, June 17th. There'll be more details on like time and where we're going to start. But it's fun. Man, the clues are challenging enough that they're frustrating. Sometimes it's like, but it's this frantic, like people are like, but you get exposed. When we go down there to have the scavenger hunt, we also pray for the downtown area, right? But it's just another fun thing. So mark that on your calendar. Saturday, June 17th, scavenger hunt. Last year we started at the park under the big flag and we worked our way and then we ended at the library, um, but a whole lot of fun. So please put that on your calendar. Try something new, right? Fun stuff. Um, this is a whole lot of fun. And then um, we got VBS coming up. How many of you guys know that? That is June 19th through the 23rd. Um, spots are filling up quickly we capped it at 50 people 50 kids just because we didn't know and we wanted to to make sure we had enough resources but it's uh it's filling up very quickly so if you have kids or grandkids that are not signed up sign up you can get to it from our app you can get to it on the website tell your friends it's it's in the bulletin um, but we want to have those 50 kids Um, I hate to say this, but but we want to get to the point where we're turning people away, not because we want to turn people away, but because it's so exciting and everybody wants to be a part of this, and then next year... We'll expand it if need be, but please, please sign up for that. Um, that's really it for announcements today. We have a whole new round of specials for our June specials in the in the Bridge Cafe, so check that out. Lots of good things going on. We're kind of into summer now, right? A little bit spring. My yard is out of control. Um, now I can understand when people are like, I gotta get to the barber. My hair is out of control. I don't understand that, but now I look at my yard and the grass is this big and it's all different layers. It's like, man, I need to be the barber for my yard. But but we're into it's all green and pretty. It smells so good out, and that's just a testimony as to God's love for that us and and now He wants to bring spring into our life, right? Make us alive and everything. Um, four ways to give. Obviously, there's always four ways to give. You can give online. You can text to give. You can use our giving box. You can mail it to 725 Granite Avenue. Um, The app is still the way to go. That's our online platform. We have a website, but the app for anybody who attends here is really a great way to do it. You can get to the giving. You can get to messages. You can get to calendar. You can get to... Just about everything on our app, and it's a whole lot easier. So if you don't have the app, grab the app. If you need help putting the app on your phone, because some of us just need a little bit more help than others, we have people to help you do that. Hey, I was informed today that there's somebody in here today with a birthday. Anybody in here today with a birthday? Therese, wait, you got a birthday too? We've got two birthdays in the house today so so that is that is awesome um, yes, I was told that it's Teresa's birthday today um, before service and I was also told that she's 29 today which is so weird because by coincidence Amy and I have been married for 29 years today so I mean, isn't that strange, Teresa? I don't know. I know you have kids and I don't know how that all works, but we're going to call you 29. We're going to call us 29. It's going to be a good day. All of those great things. All right. You guys ready to get started? We had quick uh, quick announcements, but I'm, I'm ready to get rolling. Today's a fun day for me just simply because we're starting a new series. And we love starting series here, and, and we're going to get into that and, and go over that. But how many of you guys have ever re- read the book of Colossians? Multiple times, right? What a, what an incredible book that is. It's a, it's a little book um, in terms of books of the Bible, but what an amazing book. So let's pray, and let's jump in here, and let's just see where this series is going to take us. If you guys know how I do series... I leave them open-ended because sometimes God says, hey, you're going to take this one verse for this entire Sunday, which makes small books take a long time in a series. And sometimes it's a short time, but if I say, hey, we're going to get through this series in three weeks, four weeks, it's never going to happen. I'll just warn you right now, we're going to take our time with this book of Colossians. It might be an all-summer and into the fall kind of series or or it may not be but let's pray and we will get rolling here father once again we are we are glad to be in the house of the lord just like the song says it's we are glad to be here we are glad that uh, that lord god you are with us where two or three are gathered you are there also man that's your church your church plan is such a, a such a beautiful idea so lord god we are so happy to be here gathered around lord god again help us to open up our brains to silence our ears, to engage our hearts with what you have for us. Holy Spirit, we completely yield to you this morning. Lord God, we desire you to, to challenge us, to convict us, to confirm things in us, to expand the word within us. Lord God, help us to not just leave it here, though. Let us take it to our homes. Let's take it to our the streets. Let's Let's implement your word into our lives. Holy Spirit, allow me to speak only what you desire me to speak with, the, with, the, with the, um, the way you want me to speak it, Lord God. If it needs to be harsh, Holy Spirit, let it be your harshness. If it needs to be comforting and quiet, Lord God, let it be yours. So Lord God, help me to speak what you need me to. Shut my mouth with everything else. And then once again, like always, Lord God, I pray that nobody leaves this building here today the same way that they walked in. Lord, we yield to you and we ask you to change us because, Lord God, living in an ever-changing world, Lord God only puts us in a in in a vast territory of uncertainty. But Lord, when you begin to change us, we get to grab hold of the foundation, the foundation of your throne. So Jesus, be glorified. We pray this in your name, and everyone shout it out. Amen. Amen. You guys can be loud today. You guys can be engaged today. I'll, I'll tell you this. Sometimes sometimes I have messages I am told. I'm informed. Some of my messages are quite challenging, and it may be a little hard to hear, Though though we need to hear that. Today, we're just going to kind of get into... We're going to slide into Colossians. So, so I'm going to challenge you today, but, but maybe not in the normal way. So, so let's all ride this train together, and let's see where it takes us. So like I said this morning, we are starting this series on Colossians. And, and this type of, of series, the way I like to do series is it's really beneficial for, for a few reasons. First of all, as with any series... It allows us to take our time, right? We're not in a rush. We're not in a hurry. We don't have to get it done in in 40 minutes or or 20 minutes like I usually preach, right? Usually I'm just up here for 20 minutes. We don't have to confine it. We can take our time. We don't have to get through everything in this one Sunday. And in turn, that allows us to go much, much deeper. Second, when we take time to go through an entire book of the Bible-like bible like Colossians, we gain a much better understanding of that book. But even more so, we are able to see how relevant that a book like this is for us today, right now. I hope you begin to see that um, as we go through this stuff today. These books of the Bible... They're important for us now, right? If we take the attitude that, oh, there's a bunch of old guys writing at old places and addressing old things, we're missing it, man. The Word of God is inspired, it's living, and it's relevant for each one of us today, individually, as well as a church. You guys believe that? So when we go through a book, when we slow down and we work our way through a book like Colossians, the, the, the lights are going to go on and say, man, if they struggled with that, I I bet we have a danger of struggling with the exact same thing. Bingo! That's the beauty of going through the Bible. Not just in church on Sunday, but reading your Bible every day and seeing how it affects you every day. And then thirdly, thirdly, the knowledge that we gain from going verse by verse... It allows us to, to practically implement this knowledge into our everyday lives, week to week, day to day. So yes, you're going to learn a lot. We're going to go through verse by verse. Hopefully it's like, man, I never saw that before. Oh, I didn't understand what, what, what they were trying to communicate. I didn't even know what that meant. I didn't even know what the book, I didn't even know who Colossian was. I didn't, I never met that guy before, right? We're going to expand all of that, but, but not just to study it. To actually take that and implement it into our everyday lives. Look at what Psalm 119.105 says. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. We need to, to believe that we need to implement that into our lives right away and say man your your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path you guys you guys like to camp right you like to go out and, and in the middle of the night when you're camping you're away from the city you're away from the porch lights there's stars out hopefully maybe it's cloudy a little bit but it's like you get that that urge in the middle of the night right there's a, that little calling from your bladder in the middle of the night and it says you you need to 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 plan this out because you need to walk a lot further than you're used to walking to the to the outhouse what do you always grab you always grab a flashlight right you're not going to make that walk without a flashlight, even if the stars are super bright, because they're stuff. There's stuff that's going to tangle you up. It's going to get in your way. It's going to trip you up. You need a lamp to your feet. You need a light to your path. That's a physical way when you're camping. Much more in a spiritual way, we need the truth of God, His Word, as our lamp to light our path, because without that, you're going to get tangled up in the things of this world, in the sins in our life. We just need that light that cuts through the darkness. Now, I would encourage you all to open yourselves up to the Holy Spirit and allow Him to guide you through this book. I'm always excited to start a new series because I know we're going to learn a lot from it, and a lot of people get excited when we go through a series. It's sometimes surprising to me how excited people get when we slow down and take our time and really dissect it. But I'm, I'm also excited because really we get to settle in to a week-to-week series, and, and there's anticipation with that, right? It's like, man, I know we ended here, but look what's coming, and, and I'll, get, I'll get people saying that. They'll call me, they'll text me, they'll email me, and they say, Pastor, Pastor, you know where you ended? I'm like, yeah, I know where I ended. I know exactly where I went. Do you know what's coming up? I'm like, yeah, I know what's coming. And they're excited with the anticipation because they're reading ahead. It's okay to read ahead when we're going through a series like this. Now, if you have been with us long enough when starting a series on one of the books of the Bible like this one, you know that I always take the first message and do a kind of a, kind of a who, what, when, where, and why. Right. Instead of just jumping into verse one and, and, and trying to, to to plow right ahead, I think there's a lot of benefit in in understanding a, a lot of what was going on. This allows us to gain some some context beforehand. I mean, you guys know context when it comes to 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 the Bible is everything. When we don't have context, we can take scriptures and put our context in them. And then they become what we want them to be and instead of what God intends them to be. They lose all power and authority because we've changed them. So, so we need to start this series out like we always do and gain some context, which, which in turn helps us to gain a deeper understanding of this amazing book called Colossians. So today let's learn about the book of Colossians and then starting next week, we will explore, we'll expose, and we'll implement the truth that we find in the scriptures. Does that sound good? As always, I would encourage you guys to get in this book and read it. Colossians is a book that is able, you could read it every morning if you wanted. You could take Take your time. You could read just a chapter a day, but, but there's just not that much of it. it it's, it's not like Psalms. That's like so big and overwhelming sometimes. Colossians is something that you guys can get into. By next week, you could have read it several times. We just want to expose ourselves to it over and over and over, and then we'll begin to dissect that, like I said. It's a short book, but it's a powerful book, and we're going to go through it in this uh, this series, and uh, you know what, we're going to grow through this book, we're going to grow through this series, both individually, as well as a church, because Colossians was actually written because there was some church issues going on, we're going to learn about that a little bit today, so let's get started, let's get started. The book of Colossians, along with the book of Ephesians, Philippians, and Philemon are a group of of, um, books, a group of letters known as the prison epistles. And we refer to them that way because Paul, who authored all of these books did so while he was in prison. We know that that paul was was imprisoned a couple times right and, and while he he was in his chains, sometimes he refers to that as i'm as i 'm in my chains he he didn't stop working right he didn't stop caring about this church these churches he didn't take a break from any of that though he was in prison he was still he was still helping these churches through some some situations so that's why we call them the prison epistles so The the destination of this letter or epistle or this book um that we call colossians is a, is a town a city a a a metro area called colossae and colossae was a small town situated on the bank of the lycus river in the interior of the Roman province of Asia, which would be modern-day Turkey. You know, I can say all that all day long, and you're like, where? Where is it? Modern-day Turkey. Oh, I know where Turkey is. They named a bird after that, right? so it's modern day Turkey. And Ephesus, we all know, we've heard about Ephesus, that was about 100 miles away and, and Colossae was was probably evangelized, they think, um, during the time of Paul's ministry in Ephesus. So even though Paul was in Ephesus planting churches, building the church there, um, that ministry was going out and, and one of those places that benefited from that was this town called Colossae. By this time, the time that, that Paul was writing this this letter, Colossae had had declined. It used to be this this pretty amazing, powerful city where there was just a lot going on, but but in the day that, that that Paul wrote this, it had declined from a wealthy and a large city to a rather Rather insignificant market town. It was. It was the Roman roads that were going through, bypassed it. How many of you guys drive through this country? And I, I, I remember, you know, when we would drive from Kansas down to the reservations in Arizona, we would we would take back roads and we'd go through these little towns, and you could tell these little towns had been something pretty spectacular at one time or another but when the interstate went through these little towns were forgotten and they still had a gas station and a in a diner and and maybe a bank and things like that but they were never the same as they were this is kind of what's going on with 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 colossi um the roads kind of kind of detoured into different places so it had fallen into this Kind of insignificant town. Um, in fact, some theologians believe that that the Colossian church is the least important church to which any of the epistles were sent. Out of all the epistles, these theologians believe, oh, it's that Colossian church. It was it was the smallest. It was the least of all these great church churches. And, and, and maybe it was the least important in man's eyes, but it was plenty important in God's eyes. It was also plenty important in Paul's eyes. Aren't you glad that God sees things much differently than we do? Right? We're not a mega church, are we? We don't want to be a mega church, do we? Some people could say, you guys are an insignificant church. And I'd say, no, that's in your eyes, in God's eyes, we're plenty significant. To date this letter, we would date it around AD 62, around that time, and it is believed that Paul himself never actually visited Colossae in person. He didn't, even, he didn't even go there, but he, he was compelled and felt a love for the believers of that church. It was important enough for him to help address those issues. In the, in the book of Colossians, we are introduced to a man named Epaphras in the early verses of chapter 1. And, and Epaphras was a convert of Paul's um, that, that they probably met in Ephesus, right? And then he returned to, to Colossae and, and was kind of the go-to in-between guy between, between the church and Paul because he knew Paul, right? It's like, hey, hey, you should go talk to Paul since you know him and we don't know him and, and we don't know anything about him. But since you know him, you go, you go talk to him. And he was more than willing to, to do that the writings of colossians were necessitated when when epaphras showed up in rome remember paul's in prison so he had to go to rome he had to go to the prison just to talk i don't think they had the phones like you see in movies and, and all that he just he went he said i got to talk to this guy paul i know him yeah i know paul i, I got to talk to him so he shows up in rome and he speaks to paul about some concerning issues that he saw going on in the church in Colossae. See, in the community of Christians there, there arose the appearance of false teachings that that threatened the spiritual future of the the Colossian church. Epaphras, um, who really they believe he was the founder of the church, I guess he church planter there he started he was kind of the pastor he was coming to Paul to inform him as to what was taking place And, this is important, and because he needed help in dealing with the issues. He didn't just say, man, I'm going to fix this. I don't really know a lot. Um, There's people in my life that are much smarter. I have some elders, some wise counsel in my life, but I'm not going to use them. I'm just going to try to solve this problem. That is not who Epaphras was. He said, man, I need to talk to Paul. I need to talk to him because he will guide me. He will pray with me. He will show me how to address these issues. So we have to, we have to understand, he's, man, he's on it. He knows what's going on. Now, how many times in the New Testament do we see the issue of false teaching needed to, needing to be addressed? Just in the New Testament, right? There's all these false teachings that need to, to, to be addressed. And as I was thinking about it, it's like, it's like we have the, the beauty, the absolute beauty of the Gospels. Right. We have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they are just they're beautiful. Where we we see the person of Jesus. We meet Jesus, really the incarnate Jesus for the first time. We learn we learn from his teachings, right? We read the red. It's all these beautiful words and powerful teachings and and then we experience the cross, but it doesn't end there because We experience the resurrection as well. Yeah, there's so much beauty in in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And, and, And then we leave that and we get into the book of Acts. Oh, the book of Acts. We did a series on the book of Acts, right? It's time to Acts. It's all this great stuff out of the book of Acts. And we learn about the power, the equipping. And the engagement of the Holy Spirit. We see the church being born, right? And it's it's exciting, and, and there's all these players in there, and there's this bad guy named Saul, and then he gets converted, and, and they start calling him Paul, and he becomes very powerful. We see we see Peter go from a, a denier to, to really lead the church. We see the formation of the Jerusalem Council. Man, the gospel's going in all sorts, the the, the martyrdom of Stephen, all this great stuff is going on. In the book of Acts. What an exciting book to read. And then we are immersed into church issues right after that, aren't we? Ministry problems and the dangers of false teachers. It's like we leave the book of Acts and immediately it's like, woo. Paul's needing to straighten things out. Peter's needing to straighten things out. James and John and the writer of Hebrews have to get involved because people are going in all sorts of different directions. We read those things, don't we? And we sit back and we say, I'm sure glad things are so much better now. And we don't have to deal with any of the stuff that they had to deal with. Aren't you glad we can sit back and and say, on the contrary, right? Very much on the contrary. Though we have these epistles to learn from, it seems that throughout church history, man's pride has caused him to turn a blind eye to the lessons that we can learn from these letters, from these epistles. And that's why it's important that we are in them and that we recognize that if the church in in Colossae could face a problem like this, then so can we if we are not biblically focused and pursuing Christ as our only foundation. That's why we're going through this book. That's why it's so important. That's why it's important for our church to go through it, but it's also important to go through it individually. Apply the principles and the truths that we find throughout this series into your life. Because as we look at the landscape, the church landscape, even just in Helena, Montana, we see that it's happening all over before our eyes, isn't it? Now, the exact nature, the exact nature of the issues that were taking place in the Colossian church, they are not specifically described. Because after all, the original audience would have full well known what was going on in their Church. But what we can conclude is that the main issue was the undermining and replacing the centrality of Jesus Christ in that church. In its place, there were those wanting to implement and teach a strange mixture of Christian teachings, certain extra biblical Jewish traditions, and and we're going to throw in some pagan philosophy. Into that mix. The church here was actually devolving into cult worship that sought to d- d- diminish the supremacy of Jesus Christ. It was opening the door to these philosophical discussions that were confusing and deceiving the church members. It was allowing in synchronism. Synchronism is, is, is the combination or the blending of ideas and beliefs of other religions with Christianity. We see that a lot when our prior ministry, ministering to Native Americans. There was a lot of the, 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 the syncretism going on where they would take their, their native belief... <laughs> stuff and and combine it with Christianity or, or Catholicism and they'd shove it in a blender and hit puree and then they'd pour it out and they'd have their own belief system right there, right? And, and we gotta be careful about those things. And then there was also an undercurrent of the demonic Going on um with the Colossian believers who were they were really hanging on to their pre christian past their their pagan practices they wanted to hang on to those things they they still wanted to participate in those things, and many of those things, as you guys know are are demonic and and think about if we we did those same things today, right We get saved, we walk away from a lot of those things we don't try to bring those in because we know that they don't mix at least we need to. No. So hear me when I say omitting and or adding to Scripture, mixing in religious traditions, clinging to one's prior life, injecting or including some non-Christian practices, those who have ties to pagan or other religions, which which I would include here, the, the modern environmental movement or the LGBTQ agenda. That has zero, nil, no, as in not a Zippola place in the theology and doctrine of a biblical church. Right. We're going to draw that line every single time. What can we bend on? Well, we ain't bend on that line we are not been that we are not allowing those ideologies those philosophies those agendas those movements to infiltrate which then diminishes or tries to change the truth listen closely listen closely i got a slide you cannot seek to change challenge or chase jesus out and still think you are a part of his church We say that, but then I would also say, but why would we ever want to when Jesus is complete in everything? It's because of my own pride. It's because of my own sin. I'd like to bend the rules a little bit. But when we fully understand the beauty of who Jesus is and we fully submerge ourselves into who he is, we don't even have a desire to do that. And yet, even from these early on churches, right, we can see that that there are those that were there that were trying to change, challenge, or chase Jesus out. And they still wanted to be considered part of the church. Like I said, we have seen it. We have seen it, and it continues to try to worm its way in to many churches, probably more now than ever before. Think about that. I was speaking to somebody earlier, and I said, And if Paul was still alive, he would spend 20 hours a day writing letters to churches. (laughs) Man, guys, come on, come on. It's happening all the time. So we can't just go into a series like this and read a book like this and say, boy, what were those guys thinking? Because it's all around us. So this letter and all the other letters are are vitally important for us to continue to read, study, learn from, and implement today. Many times, we've seen it many times, through the nicest, most well-spoken, most cares people in the church, questionable doctrine tries to sneak in. And we should be questioning it. And if we are not left with a solid understanding we should do what Epaphras did and seek some wise counsel on this. Hey, hey, this is what's going on. You're not, you're not, you're not a part of this church per se. Um, but I respect your wise counsel. So, so help me here. I love the assemblies of God because it's set up for our success. There's levels that we can also seek. We can ask other pastors in our circles. We can, we can ask our elders. We can ask our our district superintendent and say, give me guidance. Sometimes I'll even call my old district superintendent in Kansas and just say, hey, this is what's going on. Help me to understand things here. We need to be questioning things. We need to be doing this in our personal lives. Absolutely, right? And we also need to be doing it in our corporate church lives. It keeps us safe. Again, if it could happen to them at that time... Well, then it can sure happen to us. See, those churches that were being established, they were directly established by and through the apostles. Those that, man, they knew Jesus. They knew Jesus. Jesus had lived in their lifetime. And these churches are being birthed out of that and they're still having issues? How much more are we going to have issues? So you better believe if we're not careful, it can happen to us, we have to be ever vigilant to the dangers of false doctrine and false prophecy that are trying to infiltrate our church. We must continually seek the wisdom and discernment of the Holy Spirit. It's okay to question everything. You guys all have kids in your life, and they just ask question after question after. I had two boys, especially man. It was question after question after question. Well, why do we do that? But but why? And and why is it that color? And and how does that work? And and all these questions. They were just trying to learn. It wasn't disrespectful questionings, but they questioned everything. It's we lose that as adults, right? We can't lose that as Christians. It's okay that we question everything. You get a book from the Christian bookstore and read it. Don't take it for gospel. Question every single thing that's in it. Somebody tell you something. Somebody say, hey, listen to this pastor. I found him on TikTok or YouTube. Listen to what he's saying. Question every single thing that he is saying. See the truth? The truth is never afraid to be questioned. Only lies fear the questioning. It reminds me of the verse found in Matthew ten, ten sixteen. You guys all know it. Ten sixteen. Slide guy. <laughs> there it is. Behold, I am sending you out as sheep into the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. There's a lot going on here. We're sheep. Get used to it. You're a sheep. I'm a sheep. We're all dumb sheep, but at least we're together and we have the ultimate shepherd, right? But our shepherd is saying, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. They want to they not only um, pick us off when we're away from the church, but they want to pick us off while we're in the church. Right? Wolves can come into the church and try to do things. So what do we need to do? We need to be wise as a serpent and innocent as a dove. Snakes are always, serpents are always wise. They're aware, right? They're always looking. They are always looking. So let's all stay vigilant but let's do it in a way that brings glory to Christ and always understands that, that, like his ultimate desire, ours should also be to bring people to Jesus and in reconciliation with him. It's all about truth. We question everything, but we speak the truth. And it can never come into the expense of speaking that truth. So Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, wrote Colossians with, with really a threefold purpose. First off, Paul wrote this letter to combat the dangerous false teachings in Colossae that was displacing Christ's centrality and supremacy. Jesus must be central to everything. He must be central to creation. He must be central to all revelation. He has to be central to redemption, and Jesus must be central to the church and when i say central it's not like well him and this and that and the no central is the paramount the only one he is supreme in all these things anything less and you have crossed the line from a biblical faith and understanding and into false teaching and a false gospel anything that questions the centrality of Jesus calls into question the biblical foundation to which he created and established his church. Jesus always reigns supreme. Period. Look at look at this passage out of Hebrews. It's a little bit long, I know, but it's it's amazing. Hebrews 1, 3 and 4 the sun is the radiance and only expression of the glory of our awesome God, reflecting God's Shekinah glory, the light being the brilliant light of the divine and the exact representation and perfect imprint of his father's essence and upholding and maintaining and propelling all things, the Entire physical and spiritual universe by his powerful word, carrying the universe along to its predetermined goal, when he himself and no other had by offering self himself on the cross as a sacrifice for sin, accomplished purification from sin and established our freedom from guilt, he sat down, revealing his completed work at the right hand. Of the majesty on high, revealing his divine authority, having become as much superior to angels, since he has inherited a more excellent and glorious name than they that is Son, the name above all names, Jesus Christ, our King of Kings, our Lord of Lords, the Savior. Amen. Isn't that a wonderful passage of Scripture? Isn't that a powerful passage of Scripture that establishes the centrality and the supremacy of of who Christ is. It's amazing. It's a great passage and, and, and Colossians just, it folds all of that stuff in here so perfectly. So that, that's the first reason. The second reason, the second reason Paul wrote um, this letter is to make clear the apostolic revelation of Christ as the Son of God is so vitally important. See, when a church or a denomination begins to question the person of Jesus as the Son of God, bad things start to happen. See, they have already stepped away and they have stepped into the apostate church. Any church that questions the divine nature of Jesus Christ as the Son of God has stepped into the apostate church. What might this look like? Well, questioning the deity of of Jesus. It would look like that. Believing that there are other ways to the Father. You can go to different churches right now in this town and they're going to tell you that there are are other ways besides Jesus to get to heaven. No, there aren't. It would be by choosing the influence of culture over the truth of Scripture. That's big today, man. That's popular. We want to embrace culture. We want to embrace what's going on. We want to embrace social justice over the truth of Scripture. We can't do that opting for relevance in man's eyes instead of redemption and repentance through Christ, right? A lot of people, a lot of Christians, a lot of churches, they want to be relevant to those around them in man's eyes at the expense of redemption and, and repentance through Christ. A church or denomination that entertains any of these things is, is by default questioning the person of Jesus Christ as the Son of God. John 1 14. And the word, word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Boom! There it is. Amen. Do you believe that? Do you believe? we got to get excited about this. All right. Third reason. Third reason Paul wrote this letter to stress the true nature of life in Christ and its fruit in the believer. You guys know we're supposed to be producing good fruit? Well, not fake fruit, not rotten fruit, not no fruit, but, but good fruit. And we need to understand the true nature of, of a life in Christ in order to do that. See, we are not just Christians by name or nomenclature. Not at all. We are Christians because Christ lives in us. That's so different than anything else in this world we identify as a Christian because Christ lives within us. We have not only died to our sins by way of the cross, but we have also died to this world by way of a new life in him. Never, ever underestimate the powerful words that we find in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. That is in him I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith. By adhering to, relying on, and completely trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Amen. So through this book through this understanding, what we need to understand and implement in our life. Jesus is central and supreme to all things, all things, every single thing. Jesus is central and supreme. Number two, Jesus is the Son of God. And number three, we strive to live a life in Christ. What an exciting book, what an exciting series to start. So if we want to assign an overall theme to the book of Colossians, we can simply say that it is the supremacy of Christ. Hey, what is the book of Colossians about? It's about the supremacy of Christ. What What'd you get out of the book of Colossians? Man, it's about the supremacy of Christ. What do you mean supremacy of Christ? Like in your life? Oh, definitely in my life. But in this world, in this universe, in all of these different things. Colossians proclaims the absolute supremacy and soul sufficiency of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now, Colossians has been described as Paul's full-length portrait of Christ. And through this series, we get to experience this together. Here is what we get to look forward to in Colossians. He is the Son of God. He is the object of the Christian faith. He is the redeemer. He is the image of God. He is the Lord of creation. He is the head of the church. He is the reconciler of the universe. In Christ Christ dwells the fullness of the Godhead. Under him, every power and authority in the universe is subjected. He is the essence of the mystery of God. In him, all God's treasures of wisdom and knowledge lie hidden. He is the standard by which all teaching is to be measured. He is the reality of the truth foreshadowed by the old covenant. By his cross, he conquered the cosmic powers of evil. Following his resurrection, he was enthroned at the right hand of the Father. Our life now lies hidden with God in Christ, in short, Christ is supreme, exclamation point, amen. Worship team, if you guys want to work your way up here, a few last things to keep in mind as we, as we go through this book, and I want you to keep all of this in mind as we, as we begin this series, but here's, here's three last ones to, to take away. Uh, Colossians strongly affirms the fullness of Christ's deity. It contains one of the most exalted passages in the New Testament about His glory. Small church, insignificant church, small letter, all these things. Oh, but it's power packed. And oh, can we learn from it. Number two, more than any other New Testament book, Colossians focuses on the twofold truth of Christ's preeminence and the believer's completeness. In him, how many of you guys feel complete? You guys need to be feeling complete in Jesus. Are we still in this sinful world? Absolutely. Do we still fall short sometimes because we make bad choices and we embrace temptation and things like that? Absolutely. But there's a completeness that comes when we are born again. And this this, this wonderful book, man, it it, it tests and focuses on, on both His preeminence and our completeness in Him. And then number three, Colossians is sometimes regarded as the 20th twen- letter with Ephesians because of similar content so why not read Ephesians 2 as we go through this I don't know what's stopping us absolutely nothing so we can read Colossians and we can read Ephesians and say boy they were kind of going through some of the same things maybe I should pay attention like I said it's a short but powerful book so get ready Get ready for this series and we will start digging in verse by verse next Sunday. Make sure you're here. Make sure you bring a notepad. Be ready to take notes. It's great to study, but allow that. Allow that to come in and to to really begin to stir in us questions, guidance, all of those different things. So come prepared, come expecting, and come ready get here man be here for worship prepare yourself beforehand walk into work worship today was loud it was exciting it was energetic that's what that's what we're supposed to be doing so prepare yourself next week for both worship and then as we start to go verse by verse amen why don't you guys hey bring down the lights we're gonna stand up we're gonna we're gonna worship hey amy can you bring the lights down um, we're just gonna stand. If you want to come to the altar and just praise God, if you want you need prayer, if you didn't get prayer before, if you need prayer. We got people to pray for you. But let's just end here and let's just celebrate the, the the supremacy of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who brings us to completion. Amen. Let me pray and we will worship, Father. Wow, oh, your word is is it's definitely a light to our feet it's it it lights things up in our lives but lord it, it 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 does so much more than that it's so exciting it's so complete so foundational so lord as we as we step into this new series lord god let it not be a sunday thing but lord god let your word permeate us through the week lord god help help us to be in the word give us a craving and a hunger and a desire to get in your word, Lord, being, being illuminated by the Holy Spirit, that we may be taught and counseled by the Holy Spirit through the truth of the word jesus you be glorified on your throne day to day in our lives be glorified father thank you so much for your ultimate plan for your creation for all of this for the end of the church age for sending your son back to rapture the church we thank you for all of those things that you have done and are about to do and lord jesus we give you all glory we pray this in your name and once again everyone shout it out Amen. Let's do a little worship. This concludes today's message. We hope you can join us next Sunday for services beginning at 10 o'clock a.m. at Bridge Assembly located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information about Bridge Assembly, go to bridgehelena.com and we hope you can join us next Sunday with Pastor Jason Metz.